You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. We all uh, look forward to and inshallah fresh offer the uh, Isha Musalla and uh, the Isha Azan. I can tell you that when Sheikh Shayub Maida comes onto the fl- platform, he brings in his barakah, he brings in his nur, he brings in his uh, uh, you know knowledge that uh, really resonates uh, so positively on Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Sheikh Shoy Maida. And Jazakallah khair for joining us this evening. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to my brother Shafat Ahmed Khan and all the dear listeners of Markaz Sahaba, uh, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah. Alhamdulillah, what a beautiful evening, as just said, coming from Isha Musallan. I mean, uh, waiting to uh, uh, to be in a program with you. It's just uh, such a privilege to me, Shah. You know, absolutely, as I said, you know, the importance of our life when we leave, uh, we lead a life. And you notice like how this country is imploding uh, from within because they've taken God out of the existence. That they've taken out, uh, you know, the things that, that, that disciplined you, uh, taken out uh, things that, you know, when you looked around you and you looked uh, within yourself, you could see that you are a divinely created human being or a creation of uh, God or of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you notice throughout the world, this uh, new era or the new breed have become secularist and uh, God has been taken out of the equation. And that's why the respect is gone. uh, Empathy is gone. Sympathy is gone. People are just uh, desensitized and uh, they use uh, their tongue loosely, which is worse than a bullet, vituperous words coming out, using arms and ammunition, killing people and uh, so forth. The question I like to pose uh, to you, Sheikh Shwe Maida, is uh, when you take away the equation of God, you get a society that is a lawless. Uh, your thoughts on that? You know, Shaf, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. I mean, you always come with beautiful topics, and I mean, if you look at the one you just started now, you know, Allah has mentioned about this. You know, in the Quran Al Karim, He says, "In Allah, Allah yughhiru ma biqawmin, hatta yhiru ma biafusim." Allah Ta'ala will never change our condition until ourselves we change it for the better or for the worse. So as you just said now that you've taken Allah Ta'ala, which is our creator, you've taken him out of the equation. So now we do as we please, shamelessness is part of the picture, is part of the deal. You know, deceit, lies and the rest of that is even part of the deal. That's why you get into the shaft, people are killing one another like flies. You know, you read within South Africa for the past three, four, five weeks, looking at close for about 30, 40 people that have been butchered, that have been killing each other with rifles and the rest of that. And on top of that, I mean, there's another carnage that we can talk about where our children are left loose and are left to think for their own. And actually, we don't actually uh, sit and teach them what is right and what happens. When it comes to the Friday, Friday shaft, it becomes party time. You know, party time is Friday. And we forget him to teach the kids the importance of Juma Day. And, you know, then when the person we try to make a cover up, say, no, he died on the Juma. Alhamdulillah, what a mashallah, beautiful day. You know, he's straight to Jannah. You know, Jannah is not as easy as that. Not just because you died on Friday, then Jannah becomes easy on you. It depends on which miller you passed on on. You know, if you pass on in the middle of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where you inclined your life to live according to the sunnah, then Friday becomes a better day for you to go to Allah ta'ala and every day can become a, uh, like a Friday for you. 
But now if we've taught our children wrong things, we're not even teaching them the importance of Juma. And we're not even telling them about Saturday, the story of the Sabbath, where people were tending to despise monkeys and apps for disobedience of Allah. And we allow our kids to go partying Friday nights, Saturday nights, because it's party time on a Friday, on a Saturday. If something happens, where something goes wrong there, may Allah forbid, we are going to be held as much responsible. They are responsible themselves because we allowed them out of our homes to do all that. So what is happening now, Shaf, is actually a clear indication that, you know, mankind has left the true path, which is a true belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the devil has taken over. You know, in those times, you envied somebody because of something and because they gave it for the pleasure of Allah ta'ala. Today, you see somebody with the 10 rand in the pocket, you kill them because you want to take that 10 rand in the pocket. No mercy, no concern about life, not even worried about how many other people depend on the person that you're taking on. Yes, of course, Allah ta'ala is a final pro- and ultimate provider for everybody. But Allah has put in place channels of providing to the people. He doesn't send it directly from the heaven, but you use other people in order for him to reach and flourish to the human that he created in terms of sustenance, Shaf. Uh, Sheikh Shui, my speaker, you know, uh, important things uh, to think about is also, you know, we're living in this world. And uh, we are so fortunate uh, that in the Noble Quran, you know, 6,666 verses where you know, we read uh, many things, and in the Quran, uh, over 19, uh, 19 times, Allah says, Allah, Wathiyu Rasul, Obey Allah, and Obey His Messenger. And the Quran, you know, is composed of uh, habitual practices established by our Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and it is our Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Messenger of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, the Kaapun, uh, the Kaatamun Nabiin, the Seal of Prophets, and the Sunnah provides specific instructions on how to live one's life according to the sunnah of uh, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam how to eat your food how to keep your hygiene uh, how to uh, you know uh, conduct your business dealings uh, how to uh, uh, you know uh, to respect the wife the children and the family members how to bring up your children uh, you know how to be uh, virtually to uh, run, uh, run your life from a birth to death Sheikh uh, Maida. and uh, this is the gift uh, that we given in the house of islam and we should be so grateful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the, the, the whole science of living via the Qatam al-Nabi'in, the Noble Quran and the Sunnah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Your comments? You know, Shafi, if you say about this, you know, remember the other day we were talking about the perks that comes with to be a Muslim. You know, in this one, Allah ta'ala said actually telling Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, my Nabi, you say, you, you say to your uh, followers, in kuntum Allah If you really claim your love for your Creator Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, fatabiun then let them follow you, follow your way, your your way, follow your lifestyle, follow your tradition. You habib kumullah and thereafter Allah is going to flourish muhabbat amongst all of us if we love Nabi Sallam. You know, and Allah is going to forgive us, pardon us, and actually grant us everything that we need. So as you said, you know, there's a lot of verses that are talking about our Nabi Sallallahu even one among them, like, uswatun hasana. You know, Allah has given you the best role model in Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu As you just said, he taught us on how to conduct our business dealings, how you eat, how you drink your food, you know, how you sleep, even how you use the loo, just to add on top of that, how you dress up your clothes from the right, wing upwards, even how you perform Salah as well, 
wherever it mentions Salu Kama Aitumuni Usali, perform your salah as you have seen me perform salah. And these examples come from the teachings of the hadith on how Nabi Sala performed this salah, how he conducted his, himself towards his family. He said, You have to be the best when it comes to your spouses and your kids, to your families. And he says, I am the best amongst you when it comes to dealing with my family affairs. So all these are good examples that our Nabi Sallallahu has taught us to live with. You know, we always say Islam is not a religion, child. Islam is a way of life. It is a way of life so that we can live comfortably in this dunya and depart comfortably from this dunya and have a, have a comfortable rest in our graveyard and have a comfortable place when you go to Jannah, inshallah, after Qiyamah comes. So, I mean, this is the way of life. So we need to start adapting to this kind of way of life whereby there's a lot of issues at stake if we don't follow it, you know. We need to start forging back uh, those kind of uh, relationship between believers. They say there's a strong bond of brotherhood between the believers. And now we've lost track of that chap. Today I can see you going in the wrong direction. I'll be rejoicing and happy. Let him go there. Let him face it. You know, he thinks he's better than me. That's not how it should be. If you see me going on the wrong direction, if you see me going wrong, you must pull me. That's what Islam says. We should be a reflection to another person, like a mirror. Whereby you see yourself there, you see the next Muslim. If you love to look yourself beautiful in that mirror, you must love for the next Muslim brother to look beautiful in that mirror. If you hate to get into trouble for doing something that's not right, you must hate it for another Muslim to actually fall into trouble because of something that they knew, you knew they're going to fall in trouble. All this we need to start pulling back, bring the children back to the societies. You know, we've taken the kids, we've denied them, you know, the rights that we had growing up, Shaf, in our times, where we were kids of the society, everybody embraced us as kids of society. We are actually denied our kids today with gadgets. They're no longer the kids of society. They are my children. I'm the father for these children. Nobody can tell me how to raise my children, and nobody can tell my children what to do because I am the father. You know, we need to take out all this completely. You know, bring back the Sunnah life in our lives as Muslims, as a whole, as a unit, or as a society, and then flourish that in our kids, where we see Muslim children try and inculcate and make sure they practice the best way possible sunnah. But the way we're going on, Shaf, if we don't cease to look back and change the condition to the better, the way it was, definitely coming a few years, we'll have masajid in this country, we'll have beautiful names like Muhammad, Ismail, uh, mention all the names, but that have no direction in the sense the deen will be gone completely. What will remain will be the names that are Arabic names that will be thinking they were Muslims in this place. Child. So as you said, we need to pull back, go back to the Sunnah, go back to the Quran al-Kareem, read and understand what Allah is speaking to us. Remember, that is the book without doubt, but a guideline, a manual, instruction book to you and me that every day that comes in, we read from there and we get instruction. This is how you pass your day as a Muslim. This is how you start your day with your Fajr Salah. And this is how the day goes with respect to everybody and doing everything and observing all the commands and the rules of Allah and do not break any commands of Allah until the time you retire, which is at Isha time, you thank Allah for blessing us with a beautiful day and also for ending it on a good note. And we ask the world to say, Ya Allah, if you decide that we're not going to see the sun again tomorrow, show us the sun in Jannah.
But if you decide that we're going to see the sun tomorrow, give us Iman, that the sun was bright on us while we know we've started the day in your pleasure, doing what is right and doing what is required from us as human beings, more especially as Muslims, Shaf. Yes, Shaf, uh, you know, even you talk about uh, drinking the water, uh, Sunnawe, you know, sitting down and you know, being on your haunches and uh, sipping it slowly three times and it has the physi- a physiological benefit. It also has a benefit of our spirituality and so forth. And uh, then you talk about, you know, the Sunnah way of living. And, uh, you know, you look at many non-Muslims uh, that look at the Sunnah of Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they go and look at Muslim countries, you know, uh, and they pick up certain aspects and say, hey, but uh, certain Muslim countries you find they don't steal. Uh, you know, they can leave the shops open and no one will steal. There must be something right in that religion. And if I know the murder rate is uh, minimum, you know, there's hardly any murder taking place and so forth. And they say, you know, this is, I think Islam's got things right. And, uh, you know, uh, this is, uh, alhamdulillah, the beauty of uh, the Islamic teachings. And you, you look at the sunnah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, perhaps, you know, we can discuss one at a time. Some of them that comes to my mind is, you know, when you begin your day, you begin your day with salah. When you begin your morning, you begin it with salah. You, you know, the tilawah of the Quran, you make dua all the time, you know, and there you are in the mosque at Fajr time, you know, you read your sunnah, uh, your sunnah salah, you know, before you read your first salah and so forth. Uh, you know, I want you to get into that mode that we get into making dua all the time. The sunnah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, a dua uh, shows uh, uh, to yourself and you're showing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're not an arrogant person, that you have a lot of humility. And the reason why you are making dua is that you are the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you beg of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you make a statement to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is your be all and end all. No, no, definitely, you know, Shaf, you know, you picked up on that sunnah aspect. I also pick up one, like, uh, let's give a good example of sleeping, Shaf. You know, only today uh, the scientists are discovering that if you sleep uh, on your right-hand side of your body, you wake up in the morning, you wake up very fresh because you are not putting strain on your heart when you sleep on the left-hand side. So the heart is freely flowing your blood in and out without any obstacles, without any hindrances, which is a sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu taught us this is how we sleep. So there's a lot of things in this deen that, you know, if we miss them out, as you said, you know, that there's people that are saying from the West, you look at Islam, look at those countries where the Muslims are, there's no stealing, there's no nothing, you know, you forget your wallet, you find it tomorrow with all the money and everything intact. It's because simply they understood that part to say stealing is haram, and they understood the, actually the, uh, the punishment for stealing is there and is being actually done. So on our part here, we so relaxed, we forgot about all that. You say you can steal and you got the lawyers to back you up. And that is where Shaf we drifting very far away from the deen of Allah honored, and everything is going in a very bad state. Because now even with our families, Instead of sitting and resolving issues amicably as a family shop, we involve a Nasara lawyer and bring him in between. You know, and sometimes even a Muslim lawyer that comes in, he's not there for Islam to make peace within the family, but he's there to make the money out of it. And I mean, it's all the whole situation that we found ourselves in, whereby we've actually taken ourselves away from the communities, as I said, from societies. We become individuals and driven by greed and actually 
and the passion of loving this dunya. You know, you remember what Allah said to us, that you know to come to the time where you so much be engrossed in love with this dunya and you forget your akhirah. And this is the time we're in Shaf today. You know, nobody hates, doesn't want to die today. If you speak about people that think they don't, you say, not, you know, there's death. They say, what's your problem? Why are you talking about death all the time? Which is the reality. You know, you'll never be able to move to the, to the next level of, of your creation be, without being dying. You know, I was speaking on Jumala uh, last Friday, I was saying, you know, the amazing part is that we forget the reality. You know, before we were created, Allah did create death first, before life. Then after death, those life that was created that we have now, and then it will be taken away by death again, which is second phase of dying, and then we have to get another life again. You know, when Allah speaks to us, you know, in the Quran, He speaks in those tense most of the time. You look in Surah Baqarah when He's talking about us going against Allah. Allah How come you want to actually have dispute against, go against your Creator, and yet you are nothing? You you created from a dead cloud. Then gave you life. Then after that, then you're going to die again. Then you get life again, and you go back to Allah. So all these uh, phase of lives that we do understand, we do come from, we are actually uh, turning a blind eye into them completely. And hence, because of that, we're forgetting our basics in life. And because you're forgetting that, and forgetting Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala has made us that category where he's already warned us. وَلَا تَكُونُ كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهِ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنفُسَهُمْ do not be like those people that are forgotten Allah Ta'ala. Then Allah made them forget their own selves. So when the person forget their own self, they forget their own respect. They got no dignity in fine, dignification in them. They don't have any actually kind of a sense of being a human being. They just live by the day and whatsoever comes, it comes. Even if it means by crook or by hook, if I want to get this, I must get it, which is against the Sunnah way, which preaches peace. Love and harmony among is the creations of Allah's Anotasha. Now, about the Sheikh Shuaimaida, and also whilst you're talking, uh, the thinking about Nabi Muhammad sallam, how he should sleep. Uh, his Sunnah way of sleeping was on a mattress, uh, on a on a mat. They call it chatai, on the floor. And you know, it is um, medically proven that if you sleep on uh, the floor and all that, it 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 does wonders for your back. And, you know, these mattresses, they give up certain time and indentation there. Uh, you know, with your posture is not right, but you've got pain. You've got shoulder pain and you've got an orthopedic uh, surgeon. He'll tell you, oh, it's your mattress. You need to upgrade your mattress. Uh, but you just put a chatai on the floor. And uh, there you're sleeping sunnah compliant. Uh, you ship shape, uh, Sheikh Shoyimaida. No, 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 definitely. You know, what you're saying is right. You see now, because you've forgotten the Sunnah way, we're supposed to be exercising as Muslims. You know, Al-Muslim al-Qawi said to us, you know, a strong Muslim is better and more beloved before Allah than a weak Muslim. Although both will still get reward from Allah And because of lack of that kind of exercise, if somebody sleeps on the chatai tomorrow, they wake up straight, they can't birth. They can't bend, they can't move because they used to be sleeping on that comfort uh, that have brought back the weakness in the body where it doesn't train anymore. Everything is just sitting and sleeping, eat, sleep, and and, 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 and that's all you carry on in that way. Whereby in the morning you go, 
you sit in the car, from the car you move to another car, you go and sit the whole day, come back into the car, from a car to another car out of the house. We have forgotten, we have lost that sense of actually giving that exercise to our body, of which one of the major good exercises is our salah, of which have we forgotten completely as well, that salah. We're not reading salah in times, we actually making covers most of the times, and half the time, sometimes we even forget making covers. Now we become like the Nasara and the Yahudi because now only Juma is the day we want to show our faces in the Masjid. You know, and with that lockdown that came, it was a privilege to some that, you know, oh, at least now you don't have to go to the Masjid because of lockdown created excuses upon excuses not to go to the Masjid. You know, so this is the nature of how we've turned today. Unless and until we come back to the reality and understand that we are creations of Allah Ta'ala that he created only to save Allah Ta'ala in ibadat that I've never created mankind and the jinnat expect, ex, except for one specific reason that they do worship me then on that we will sit on a better end but un unless we forget all that then we're heading towards total destruction. And you must remember, Allah Ta'ala can destroy us at any time. He can do what he feels like doing. You know, we saw the floods, what they've done. You know, the, the rain that comes four days, the destruction that has been caused for that four days. And you must remember, even in the time of Nuh, alayhi salatu wasalam, how did Allah destroy the entire universe? He used the water, brought the rain in abundance for several days. And when it came in, flooded the entire earth, and nobody was saved except for those believers that went with Nabi Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam in the ark. So we need to start building that kind of ark amongst ourselves, that we need to worship Allah Ta'ala only and do what is right. You know, sabr is the key to everything. And contentment, you know, gratitude, less attitude and more gratitude is what we should adopt. Because once you thank Allah Ta'ala, show gratitude of what Allah has given us, definitely Allah is going to give us more. Well, in shakartum al-azidannakum, if you show appreciation and gratitude towards me as a creator i am going to increase you in everything that you want good life uh good lifespan health of bodies and everything that you want allah is going to increase us in that but if we go into a state of comfort no appreciation and we think we're in charge we're in control then we need to understand that allowed us a punishment is so severe that we can never save ourselves if allah's anger is casted upon us Zakala for that, Sheikh Shoyimai, and also you look at the Sunnah of the oral Sunnah of the oral hygiene of Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It is second to none. I mean, if you look at into uh, religion or history of re religion, and if you look into divine books, uh, uh, you know, if you look at this uh, Sunnah of Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, emphasizing how important it is to you know use miswak and so forth, and keeping a oral, uh, oral hygiene and not, uh, you know, causing inconvenience to others with your bad breath and so forth. I mean, uh, this alone is a win-win situation and another powerful tool of doing da'wah to non-Muslims and talking about oral hygiene, Sheikh Shoaib Maida. Definitely, you know, Tahara Iman, you know, Tahara is half of your Iman. Definitely, you have to present yourself to Allah Ta'ala in a mode that you look beautiful. In Allah Jamilun, Allah is beauty and he doesn't accept anything except for beauty as well. So cleanliness is half of faith. You need to make sure your breath is fine. You know, you make sure you clean yourself thoroughly. We go to the masjid, you meet different people. That's the time 
where you inconvenience others because of bad breath or because of some odor that is coming from the body, of which it has to be done before you read Salah, before you go in the masjid, clean yourself thoroughly. So when you go there, you, you must be a peacemaker for the next person standing next to you. But don't let other people's salah be actually going in a state of macro because, I mean, they cannot take uh, the order of the brother standing next to them. I'm not saying that uh, some people do smell, but yes, there's some order that come from other people which actually requires specific attention when it comes to hygiene in order to uh, get rid of that. So we need to work very hard, strive to make that to make sure that this goes away from us. You get even some that come there with smelling socks and the rest of that. And I mean, uh, you stand there, somebody's reading Salah behind you when they go for Sajda. I mean, it's like the city in some way that is very bad. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want to talk more about this. And I mean, you look at even the way we dress ourselves up. You know, sometimes it's so pathetic how we dress. You know, a masjid, I'm just giving an example, Shab, becomes a showroom where actually you know which brief is trending. Because somebody will be dressed in a, uh, in a T-shirt that's too short. When they go into uh, Roku or such, that the T-shirt is sitting up, uh, the back, the spine is all open, and the pants too is half. You can see the galley there showing down. I mean, it is it is just something that's unreal. I mean, our dean has shown us on how to dress respectfully towards ourselves when you're going to Salah. How to look when you're going for Salah. You must remember, we're going to meet Allah Ta'ala. You know, you need to be in a good state, smelling good. You know, that's why we do all the time to be made. Your miswak must be there, which, which has got a lot of benefits. Not only that it takes the odor that will come from my mouth, but as well it helps with the eyesight and the rest of that. A lot of benefits out of that. So let's try and pull upon these sunnahs and practice them in our lives, definitely it will make a big change, not only to us, but for those around us, Shaq. Yes, sir, Shaq Shreem. Uh, something that we are forgetting, I think, you know, uh, is a quite an important thing that, you know, you say Bismillah and, uh, you know, when you're entering your home and you're making uh, salam to the people of the house. And it seems as if, you know, people are so preoccupied. A basic thing like salam is, is forgotten because... And Nabi Muhammad said, even if a pillar separates you, go and, uh, you know, after the separation, go and make salam again and again and again. The more salam you make, the more peace uh, descends uh, on you and the household. Uh, but uh, people, you know, they tend uh, to, uh, they are very miserly when it comes to the bismillahs and salams, uh, Sheikh Shui Maida. Perhaps your thoughts on that. You know, Shaf, when you're talking about this, you just open the can of worms. You know, sometimes people you have to misunderstood the meaning of salam. You know, when somebody is saying assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, it doesn't mean that the person is a beggar. They want you to accept the salam so they can beg something from you. If somebody says assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, you look at it in reality, Shaf. The person he says, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with his blessings and his mercy be upon you, May Allah guide you and may Allah protect you. And I mean, you go, somebody's shying away from there, just say, Sam, and they go pass away like, you know, they didn't, you like, Sam, actually, they'll show a face of disgust, how are you giving me salam, what do you want from me? You know, unfortunately, we've forgotten, we don't understand the real meaning of this. You know, if we understood this, even on the business has taught us, to say, you know, if somebody passes salam to you, you know, it becomes wajib upon you to respond to it, of which we actually, we don't understand that. So we need to understand, if somebody makes salam, it becomes wajib for you to respond. And salam is always making dua for you and looking out for you as a Muslim so that actually you have a good life on that particular day. So we should actually uh, 
have that in mind. And also the starting of this Bismillah Shah, it is another thing that actually we've lost a track of completely, even on the food on the table today. We don't we no longer need Bismillah wa Allah barakatillah. And even if we forget, we didn't say this <coughs> we don't even say Bismillah wa Allah wa because we forgot <coughs> the whole value of Bismillah. So unless and until we bring back all these little uh essence of our deen that we feel like they don't matter. These are things that matters much to us. You know, start everything with Bismillah. You know, make salam to everybody. Make salam to your family. Before you get in your house, knock the door, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It doesn't kill. Your people answer from the house, wa alaikum assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Mahabbat has strengthened already. You know, even when Nabi Sassam has taught us, he says, do you want me to introduce you to something that is going to bring Mahabbat amongst you? Afshu salam bainakum. Spread salam amongst one another. That will bring Mahabbat amongst you. Because simply, I'm making dua for you, and you're responding, giving me back the same dua. And I mean, what is better than that, child? I tell you, Sheikh Shreemaida, when you are on this uh, platform and on your segment, uh, Pertinence are Punctuated, really, I really enjoy you, and time has uh, really flown uh, by. And Alhamdulillah, many issues are discussed, and Alhamdulillah, living the, uh, our lives the Sunnah way, such an important thing, as you say, Sheikh Shreemaida. And the importance of uh, reading uh, Aisul Kursi every day, I mean, the... The the, the 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 verse of the throne, Sheikh Shreemaida. I think we could end off with that. Uh, you know, perhaps a little uh, a tafsir from you, or a little bit of comment from you. It's Ishaf, uh, you know, Ayatul Kursi is the best one, you know, that we should be reading all the times. I mean, it just tells us, you know, it just humbles you and me to understand the extent of how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, for you and me, if we manage two uh, outfits, uh, you manage two families, you manage two businesses, you come back home, you're exhausted, you don't want anybody to talk to you. You know, I mean, you're not in the mood to say anything, you just want to relax. We can just want to sit in a blanket because you work very hard, you got two jobs, three jobs that you're doing. But Allah Ta'ala, besides creating everything on earth and on heaven, la ta'khudu husina tu wala naum, you know, not even slumber or sleep overtakes him out of that. And he's still in charge. He's in control of everything. And there's no sleep, no slumber, but still taking care of us. And, uh, you know, nobody will go through difficult or trouble without the permission of Allah Ta'ala. Nobody gets the best without the permission of Allah Ta'ala. So Ayat Kursi is putting all that in place to say you need to understand. There's one supreme being, which is Allah Ta'ala, who have created you, sustaining you, sustaining everybody, besides, regardless of being faithful in his uh, commands or being the ones that goes against the teachings of Allah Ta'ala. Murderers are being sustained. Those that are good are being sustained. The murdered being sustained. The sick being sustained. Those that are good being sustained as well. So this is where Ayat Kursi comes in to say, every day if we decide that and understand what he's saying, Really, it put us on a point to understand what is our position when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from there, it pulls back to say, you know what, we need to do whatever is good because for us, really, we need that uh, little bit of sleep. But he doesn't need it. Yet he's created everything and is in charge of everything. For you and me, Allah has made the sleep just actually to refresh our bodies, you know, to get another refreshment. But for him, he doesn't need all that. So you look at that shaft, Ayat Kurusi is great. And if we understand what it says, definitely. And it says there's no one besides him. Allah, la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyum. Say there's no one 
besides Allah the 18 or the ever living. So, I mean, this tells us the importance and the beauty of Ayatul Kursi Shah. Jazakallah khaira, Sheikh Shari Maida. As I said, I really enjoy the chat with you. And Allah bless you now and forever. And uh, remember us in your pious du'as. Uh, and inshallah, we'll talk to you so, uh, soon, uh, Sheikh Shari Maida. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, sir, people, time for us to go for a break. When you get back, inshallah, uh, we'll be uh, going into uh, a chat with who? Molana Salim Karim.